0: This is the Teacher Mindset Coach podcast, episode number 28. Hey teachers, welcome to the podcast where we do the hard work to uplevel ourselves and have fun along the way. I'm your host, Ashley Wolf, and I'm here to help you rock your world with mindset stories, strategies, and skills that you've probably never been taught before let's do the damn thing. Hello, everyone. Mission accomplished. I did it. I moved my dad into the tiny house in our backyard. I can't believe I'm saying those words. I can't believe that he is only 25 feet away from me as I speak into this microphone. It's a huge accomplishment. I am so, so proud of the commitment and the conviction that I showed to myself and my family based on my belief that I take care of my family. So today's episode is very much a celebration of the doing epic shit <laughs> that I, I think I, I recorded an episode called doing epic stuff. But that was inspired by the day that I moved the tiny house from its initial location, just seven miles away from me in a little town to my backyard. And that was back in January. And here I am in April almost the end of April, y'all. Dad is moved in, settling in. And so it's just a shout out to him also, because, you know, at every stage of this game, he could have said, thanks, but no thanks. I'd rather just stay where I'm at. But he showed conviction also. And I'm really so proud of him because he uprooted himself from where he lived for 36 years with his partner, his soulmate, And when the big change happened, when my mom passed away, I knew that I could not leave him in that house by himself. And I think that it became very apparent to him very quickly that he could not stay there either. So he's settling in really nicely. And um, I'm super proud of him for, for doing the hardest thing that he's probably one of the top 10 hardest things he's ever done in his 78 years of life. (laughs) So today's episode is actually going to be based on this idea called, um, it's not really an idea, but it's a phrase that I hear in the life coaching world, especially where it's like, there is not better than here. The future is not better than the present. And, this idea of life is going to be 50 50 regardless of how much money we make, regardless of how much um, income our family is bringing in, regardless of where we're working, regardless of where we're living. But there's sometimes like in actual little minute pauses in life. When I actually look at my own life, and I'm sure that you could do this with yours, and be like, hell yeah, it's better here than it was there. Hell yes, I'm glad I've made this improvement in my life, or I've made this change, or I've done something for myself, or I've done something for my family. Absolutely, it's better here than there. So, this whole idea comes from a lot of the top earners in the life coaching industry that I'm familiar with. I'm very much persuaded by the life coach school area of the life coaching industry. So people like Brooke Castillo, Corinne Crabtree, she's uh, the No BS Weight Loss Program. There's a lot of other people who, oh, Stacey Bayman in um, 2K for 2K. She these These women are telling us and we're listening when they're saying you know it's not better here making ten ten million dollars than it was there when I made only ten thousand dollars in a year. They're saying that the bird's eye view of life basically the fi- the fifty thousand foot view of life is not any better making ten million in a year or ten thousand in a year. And so we hear this from people in the industry all the time, but they always have this little caveat, which is always so interesting to me because I'm listening really hard to these women who are saying that it's, it's no better here than there. They always end with, oh, but it's, it's much better to have a few million dollars and these problems Than not have a few million dollars and these problems. So I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And it falls back on one of the beliefs that I have about money is that money solves money problems. And the more money I have, the more money I create, the more problems I can solve that are strictly solved by money. And this tiny house is a perfect example of how we have come almost full circle with our investments. Whenever we started to, started to invest in real estate, we started investing in real estate with passive apartment investing. So we hand over the money. It's like flipping apartments. A team of people buys an apartment complex, fixes it up, and over a few years, you get your money back and then some. And of course, I love talking about this strategy with teachers, especially because it seems like the education of this world that we live in, where there's apartments everywhere, and anybody with the money can invest in apartment deals, like truly, it seems like that is not that's like nowhere to be found because the investment strategies and here I'm I'm going off on a tangent here, but please bear with me. The investment strategies that are fed to teachers are invest in 403B, invest in a 401k, invest in an IRA, all of those like safe investments, quote unquote. Every investment has risk. I am not a financial advisor. I'm just telling you what I've been through personally. I did choose to do a 403B investment, but I liquidated it, pulled it out completely and bought my dad's log cabin with it. And so that was my first single family home investment property. That one is the one that we've run three years now as a vacation rental. So we started apartment investing two years before that, where we didn't double our money, but we got like an 80% return. And we started just circling it back into the next apartment deal. We didn't take it all for ourselves to spend on ourselves. We would just put it back into the next apartment deal. In November, December of 21, we got paid out of our second full cycle. It's called apartment deal. And that gave us the liquid cash to purchase the tiny home, to pay for the electrical, to pay for the plumbing, to pay for the foundation, to pay for all the permits, to pay for the finish out of the cosmetics on the inside. So all of this is coming full cycle. And it really all started With my husband's inheritance from his mother. And it just seems like that, you know, her savings, her discipline, and then our ability to play a little bit risky and do something that's outside of the IRA that she put it in. We invested in apartments and we tripled it basically so that we could pay cash for all of the things for my dad to live in this tiny house in our backyard. And that also reminds me of like, the how is right now. So I did an episode on this a while back where the how is right now, like you won't know how until the moment it happens. So whenever you're asking yourself, and and we all find ourselves in these kinds of situations where we're like, yeah, that would be great, but how? So think of a time that you've wanted something really bad or you've wanted to maybe take a certain risk, or you've wanted to make a certain change. And your hesitation was with the how our brain really loves to be like, yeah, but you can't do it if you don't know how. And that just stops our progress in its tracks. So if I said to myself, when I was scrolling Facebook marketplace back in January, and I scrolled past this tiny house, and I said, yeah, that would be awesome to have that as where my dad lives in the backyard, but I don't know how, I would have never taken the necessary steps to make it happen. Or if I said, yeah, that the plumbing is going to cost this much, or the electrical is going to be this, that and the other. And I just don't know how we're going to do that. If I let myself stop, then I would never have been able to say in this very moment, this very second, my dad is sitting in his recliner 25 feet away from me. And he's just getting ready to go to sleep for the night. And if I want to check on him in the middle of the night, I damn well can, because he's right there. So going back to the point of my episode today, whenever we think of there being better than here, there being in the future, our imaginations can go haywire with the future being So much worse if we're catastrophizing or the future being so much better that it's just untouchable. And so, what I think, whenever I look back on myself, the person who was scrolling Facebook looking at this tiny house, that person was committed and convicted to taking care of her family and going through all of the five hour, one way trips to Houston every weekend and going through all of the emotional pain of going through my mom and dad's house and my mom and dad's things and donating things and throwing away garbage and bringing things out for the estate sale and, and going through all of that. It was totally worth it to put myself through all of that discomfort to know of the comfort I now have that my dad is with us in proximity And the quality of his life has improved so much greater. On a medical standpoint, he is getting his medications. I'm making sure of it. (laughs) I finally convinced him to get a pill organizer. So all I have to do is load the thing up on Sunday night. And then he's responsible for giving himself his AM meds and his PM meds. I still load his syringes for him for his diabetes um, injectables. But it's happening on the regular. So, medically speaking, health wise, he's better than he has been probably since the last year. And then I think just being part of an active, thriving family is another part that he has been missing ever since my mom died. So, here is better than where it used to be because I can focus in on exactly why. I think that. And I don't have to be like, well, the circumstance is neutral. Doesn't matter which house you're in. It's your thoughts that matter on how healthy you are. I'm not going to even go there and overanalyze for my dad's situation. Because I know for a fact, he's so much better here than he was there. So what about you? Is there something in your life? that you're maybe going through now that you're thinking it's got to be better somewhere else, or it's got to be better some other way. Is there something for you going on that you're convinced it's got to be better out of this situation? And I really want you to start focusing in on where you think the problem lies. So for a lot of teachers, this is the time when we're making a decision do I stay or do I go? And I love, I love, love, love this statement that I learned from Brooke Castillo a couple years ago. It was probably last year. The decision will be easier if you tell yourself either way, if I stay or if I go, it'll be the best decision that I make, whether I choose to stay or choose to go. It'll be the best either way it'll work out just fine. That takes a lot of pressure off and it actually takes a lot of this spinning and staying stuck in your imagination because I I don't know about you but I love doing like all my pros and cons list of the pros and cons of staying, and then the pros and cons of leaving. And then I add them all up, and I see how even it is. And then I go on the search for even more evidence that there's some more pros that can go into this category. And really what I'm doing is I'm just delaying the decision because of maybe some uncertainty. But if you think about it, certainty or uncertainty belongs in the feeling line, it's a feeling that we create by the thoughts that we have or by the belief that we have. So if I believe that I am truly happy at the campus I'm at, which I am, then it'll be so easy for me to say, well, I'm staying next year, of course, and the decision is made. There's no wavering back and forth. There's no job hunting like I used to do, and there's just no questioning whether I'm supposed to stay, because I've just decided. I'm not waiting for the answer to drop out of the sky. I'm not waiting for a sign. I'm just deciding and then staying true to my decision, knowing that I can change my mind at any time I want to. I don't have to decide and say, okay, now this decision can never be changed. Because I'm the one who says what my life is going to be. And life is a series of decisions, for sure. And then we play out those decisions in our day-to-day and in our actions. But one thing that truly has helped me stay in the position that I'm at, this is my fifth full year as the librarian at my campus, is that I have now come to the belief that there is no better campus. I can dream about it all day long. I can imagine all day long that it might be better there than where I'm at currently. But that's honestly what I did when I was in the classroom. And I hadn't found this work of self-coaching and mind management until I was already a librarian. And so I I ventured to guess. And someone asked me the other day, she said, do you think that if you had found self-coaching and mind management work when you were still in the classroom, that you would still be in the classroom? or that you would go back to the classroom? And I said, well, what I do know is this. If my only option was to go back to the classroom, I would find ways to love that too. I see teachers and I see myself getting caught in this thinking trap and this complaining trap and this catastrophizing trap of, you know, it's it's only getting harder and it's not fun anymore. And it's just getting worse and worse every year. And it's like, no, I can catch myself and say, stop right there, self. You're just indulging in the victimhood that got you to the place where you thought leaving the classroom would solve all your problems. Because that truly is what I thought whenever I was in the classroom. I thought that going to the library would solve all my problems. Now it did help me get away from a lot of things that I just did not prefer, such as grading papers and parent-teacher conferences. But again, those are just things that I just don't prefer. I did not want to. I am sure that there are some teachers out there, some of y'all are listening, you love grading those papers and you love connecting with the parents during parent-teacher conferences. Good on you. I would rather connect with parents at book fair. I'd rather connect with parents during my annual Reading in a Winter Wonderland event in the library. I'd rather just wave on the corner during dismissal when the cars are all driving by, smile and wave and send them on. That's how I'd like to connect with the parents. (laughs) So what I'm saying is, it's not better there than here is something to really consider, especially if you're deciding on a big change in your life, knowing that the grass is not greener in reality, but that when you get there, you're going to be like, yeah, but this is exactly what I want. I think that's the big difference. It will resonate with your desires. My dad living in my backyard, me being a librarian, me having one son and no more. (laughs) One and done, my friends. Me staying with my husband, it's what I want. And that resonates with what I want. And that's why I choose it every day. Some of you would not choose to have your dad living in a tiny house in your backyard. It wouldn't resonate with what you want. So it's not a general answer. And for those of you teachers who have aging parents and elderly parents and parents who might be unwell, my heart opens up to you because I know what it has been like for me. So what I want to leave you with is it's not better here than there in the grand scheme of things, but when you can just stop down and really appreciate what you have created for yourself, then it's almost like you get a taste of It is better here than where I used to be. And I was instrumental in making these changes for myself. I was instrumental in making these decisions to get me where I am today. It's no fluke, it's no magic, silver bullet. It just is because I decided so. So I invite you to click the link that's in the show notes for chapter one of my six weeks to summer program called Prioritize You, I highly recommend that you read through and do the workbook pages and connect with yourself with what I guide you through in that chapter. And if you're wanting more, if you're wanting the next five results in that program, coupled with coaching sessions with me, please reach out ashley at teachermindsetcoach.com or find me on Facebook teacher mindset coach. And I will see you next time. If you got something out of today's show, I invite you to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. I'd also love to see you in the teacher mindset coach Facebook group so we can nerd out on mindset work as a community of badass teachers. And remember, you can always email me at coachwithwolf, W-O-L-F-E, at gmail.com. Now go be awesome. See you next time.